Former Naughty Dog developer Amy Hennig announced today that she's working on a brand new Star Wars game after working on one for EA for three years that was ultimately cancelled, proving that, even in the gaming industry, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Good morning, good Wednesday morning to you, I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for 420. 2022. If you'd prefer to consume the show the way it's intended, in a podcast feed so you can listen on your phone as you get ready for work or your commute, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. It's free on our YouTube channel for everyone else. You can find our flagship show, Game Face, by searching your favorite podcast service. Please give the show a review if you can. It makes a big difference. Remember Project Ragtag? It was a Star Wars game being created at EA by Amy Hennig a former Naughty Dog developer who worked extensively on the Uncharted franchise. Well, EA surprisingly canceled the game after three years of development, and Amy moved on to form her own studio, Skydance New Media. Today, she announced that she is once again working on a new Star Wars game that she describes as a, quote, richly cinematic action-adventure game. In other words, Uncharted smothered in Star Wars juice. She previously announced that she's also working on a new Marvel game, so Disney is all in on Amy and her team. Amy released a statement today that reads, quote, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future indelibly. I'm elated to be working with Lucasfilm Games again to tell interactive stories in this galaxy that I love. Unquote. Lucasfilm Games also issued a statement that reads, quote, their vision for making inviting, cinematic, interactive entertainment makes this collaboration very exciting. We're working hard with their team of experienced and talented developers, and we're looking forward to sharing more with Star Wars fans when the time is right. I love this story. As you can see from her quote, Amy is a hardcore Star Wars fan spanning almost 50 years. I can't believe Star Wars has been around for almost 50 years. It's mind-blowing. Working on Project Ragtag was a dream come true for her, and it was yanked out from underneath her because, at the time, EA thought no one would buy single-player linear games. But, after Hennig left, it allowed Respawn to create and launch Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a mostly linear, single-player Star Wars game. And, consequently, it sold more than 10 million units in its first six months. The reason I wanted to address this story, other than it just being great news and being awesome, is that I know a lot of you may be making moves in your career right now. The pandemic seems to be coming to a close and life is slowly returning to normal. A lot of you may have lost your jobs along the way or emerged from the last two years of COVID with a different perspective and may be looking for a new job in your field or looking to move into a new field altogether. I just want to use Amy's situation as a teaching motivational moment. Sometimes things happen and you may not understand the significance at the time and it may bum you out, but oftentimes things end up working out for the best. Amy went from working on Star Wars through a middleman to going straight to the source, undoubtedly due to the relationship she built while working through EA. So if your career is going through a shakeup right now, stay positive, stay nimble, and prepare for the best.
And now for a couple more stories from the top of your SIFs. In honor of 420, Activision has released the Snoop Dogg bundle for Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone. The pack includes a Snoop Dogg operator with its own voice lines and progression path, through which players can unlock two sprays, two operator quips, a calling card, a sticker, an emblem, a weapon charm, a Vanguard exclusive kill cam vanity, and four alternate operator outfits. More specifically, items include a weed-covered gun with buds in the mag called the Bong Ripper Sniper Rifle, an assault rifle called West Coast Bling, an SMG called the Shiznit, and all three of them have green tracer rounds with a muzzle flash in the shape of a marijuana leaf. The bad news is that the bundle costs a whopping $20, which you can spend to get another gram of the real stuff instead. Games get delayed all the time in this industry. In fact, if you've ever played in a video game fantasy league like the ones that we run, you'd probably agree that it happens far too often. But today, the opposite happened. A game that we're really excited for had its release date pushed up. That's right, Nintendo announced today that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will launch July 29th instead of in September as it was originally scheduled. This Switch exclusive action RPG is moving up more than a month, and while Nintendo hasn't provided an explanation, we're not asking any questions. Nintendo also revealed some information on its combat system that includes a Voltron-like team-up attack that lets your party form into a massive creature. The game is looking like it might be something special, and at the very least, you can count on it providing dozens of hours of play. Assassin's Creed Valhalla just won't die. Just a month ago, a massive expansion was launched called Dawn of Ragnarok that included a brand new storyline, and today, Ubisoft has launched yet more DLC called the Mystery Challenge Pack 2 that includes another new story, a new boss battle, and other challenges. While this DLC is free, not all of it has been. Dawn of Ragnarok was an eye-opening $40. The game has generated over $1 billion in revenue thus far, so the publisher is doing something right. At long last, Sega is rebooting Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio as part of its Super Game Initiative it announced a couple months ago. It defined this program as a strategy to develop new and innovative titles with a focus on global reach, online interactivity, community building, and IP utilization. The first game isn't coming until 2025, and it looks like it will be Crazy Taxi since it's already been in development for a year. Bloomberg is also reporting that Sega is pursuing a Fortnite-style service model for both reboots and is investing a lot of money into their development. Sega has already mentioned integrating the blockchain and NFTs into its future games, and unfortunately, these might be the first two candidates. Sega has previously stated that it's also interested in reviving Space Channel 5, Rez, Panzer Dragoon, Knights, Shinobi, Virtua Fighter, and Altered Beast. Halo's former composers have amicably resolved the lawsuit they filed against Microsoft back in 2020 over unpaid royalties. Marty O'Donnell and Mike Salvatore announced the suit back in February, claiming unpaid royalties spanning 20 years. But it appears everything has finally been resolved. O'Donnell had previously stated that he had been trying to recoup the royalties for 10 years. The existing deal went sideways after Bungie was acquired by Activision. No word on the settlement cost. Marvel's Avengers next playable hero will be Jane Foster's Mighty Thor. She will arrive in Update 2.5, but only 2.4 has a release window for May. Crystal Dynamics stated, 
quote, our hero designs are driven first and foremost by their core comic book identities. So as a fellow wielder of Molnir, her suite of abilities will have a lot in common with the Odinsons. However, she will also have elements that are distinctly Jane, end quote. Translation, it will mostly be a clone character of Thor. We're just shocked that the game is adding new characters at all at this point, but sadly, it's highly unlikely that the character looks anything like Natalie Portman. The ninth expansion to World of Warcraft was officially announced today, and as we reported in GMG a couple weeks ago, it's called Dragonflight. A new draconic race is being added along with an exclusive class. The game's UI and crafting system are being completely revamped, and of course, it will include dragon mounts. No release date has been announced, but Blizzard also shared that Cataclysm is coming to World of Warcraft Classic. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's boss fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. So, it's 4.20 today. A special day for some of you, but a day that I'm way too old to celebrate anymore. It's also a quote-unquote holiday that used to be taboo or underground. But things have changed drastically since I was in college back in the 90s. Now weed is legal for recreational use in many states, and available with a prescription in just about every other state. The times have changed, but one thing that hasn't changed is that a lot of people love to play video games on weed. They love to do it back in my college days, and they love to do it now. But what are the best games to play after blazing? A lot will depend on your personal taste, but there are some genres that are just better, or worse, when mixed with a little THC. First, I'm going to go over the genres that are worse after smoking weed. And there's a lot, actually, believe it or not. First up, sports games. Sports games are competitive. And I would argue, if you play sports games while you are high, you don't take the competitive side of it all that seriously. And maybe that's for the better. Maybe playing sports games when you're high is the best way to play sports games because you don't care if you win or lose. But ultimately, competitive games are about winning or losing. And so... For me, back in the day, it always felt like a vapid experience. I never enjoyed sports games after smoking weed. Next up, horror games. When you're high, who wants to be scared? Nobody. Nobody wants to be scared when they're high. If you want to get high to have fun and laugh and have a good time with their friends or whatever, nobody wants to be scared. Also, no one wants to see blood and gore and guts and brains when they smoked marijuana. It is the antithesis of what you want whenever you're high. So horror games are definitely out. My next pick may be a little controversial because I guarantee you that there are millions of people every day who are playing Call of Duty while they're high. However, I would argue that pretty much all shooters suck when you're high. And again, this kind of goes back to horror games. It's the violence angle. And you also have, in a lot of cases, 
the competitive angle. So it's a double whammy with shooters. Now, there are exceptions. I would argue a game like Far Cry Blood Dragon would be a great fit with marijuana or THC, but otherwise, I would just stay away from that genre. Generally, violence is just not a great choice. Another game that I do not think is great to play when you're high is Brain Age, or any sort of puzzle game where your mind needs to be clear. Playing games like this while you're high can be very frustrating, and in all honesty, it can be very demoralizing, particularly if you go back later and try to play them when you're not high and you realize how easy some of the stuff was that was totally throwing you into a tizzy. Another style of game that is not great when you're high, really challenging, hard games. Now, I've had some people tell me that when they smoke weed, they get into the zone playing games. And sometimes they play better than they do when they're not high. I honestly have no idea. But for me, back in the day, playing games that were really hard, like I remember trying to play Castlevania my freshman year of college when I was really high, and it was one of the most frustrating and annoying things ever because you have to pay attention to details. And when you're high, you tend to gloss over things like that. So really challenging games to me, definitely not a good idea if you've been smoking weed. Also, any game with a lot of quick time events is just a terrible idea when you're high. Now, back in the 90s, there were tons of games like this. Shenmue was one of them. I remember playing Shenmue and just getting caught off guard by the game's quick time events. And that's the thing. They catch you off guard because everything catches you off guard when you're stoned <laughs> because your mind is drifting and you're not paying attention to the details. And in all honesty, a lot of those games don't give you a whole lot of a heads up before they're going to drop a QTE on you. So that's another no-no. And then finally, any game with multitasking is a terrible idea Games like Cooking Mama, where you have to juggle multiple things at once and remember things and then go back. Those are terrible games to play when you're high. When you're high, you're lucky enough if you can just focus on one thing at a time, let alone like five or six. So stay away from any game that involves multitasking. Now it's time for the fun stuff. The games that are better after you've toked up. First on the list, music and rhythm games of any kind. And I mean any kind. Anything music-related, beat-related, vibe-related, they all work great. DDR, Dance Dance Revolution, play that when you're stoned sometime, and it will give you a completely new perspective on the game. Now, I do recommend playing it on one of the easier settings. I don't want you dancing your ass off, because if you have to concentrate that much, you're probably not going to do well at the game. So play it on easy, play it on medium. DDR is great. You also have a new appreciation for the soundtrack of DDR, because I'll be honest with you, when I listen to that music and I'm not intoxicated or not drunk, it's terrible. So it will help you absorb and enjoy the soundtrack a lot more. Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Again, I recommend playing these games on easy or on medium. If you're pretty good at it, then maybe you can crank it up. Rock Band in particular, I feel like because of the whole communal part of playing with other people, um, I do remember playing Guitar Hero in the arcades back in the day when me and my buddies would go in there and we get blazed up before we go in there and I had a ton of fun. But then there are other games like Thumper, The Artful Escape. All those games work great when you're blazing up. The next and most obvious style of game that works great with weed, psychedelic games. And those games are like Rez, which is also a music and rhythm game, 
But the visuals in Res are designed to take you to another place, so to speak. This game also can be a little bit distracting, but what's great about it is that you don't really have to play to perfection to keep going forward. You can totally mess up a bunch of times, and you can even kind of freestyle and freelance a little bit and try to play along with the beat and kind of add your own little fills. It's perfect for people who are smoking up. Another one in this class, Space Giraffe, is another one. Tetris Effect is great. And then there's one that's kind of borderline for me, and that is the Alice games. And I think more particularly, Alice Madness Returns. Now, Alice in Wonderland is a tale that obviously has some pretty heavy drug references. A lot of the psychedelic bands from the 60s sung about Alice in, in Wonderland. Uh, so kind of organically, it goes along with smoking weed. But the game is really, really trippy. Almost over the line trippy. It could almost be disturbing at times. But look, if you're on stable footing... You're with good friends, and you got some good weed. Alice Madness Returns is a good pick. Next up, 3D platformers. 3D platformers are light and airy and fun and funny and varied. You never end up doing the same thing for all that long, and a lot of times they're made for kids, so making progress is not a problem. Now, a lot of 3D platformers from the classic N64 era... They could be difficult if you wanted them to be difficult because it had challenges for adults, but just making headway wasn't that difficult. They're a great match. And like I said, a lot of variety in the games. They're very lighthearted. A lot of times they have jokes and innuendo for adults. Games like Banjo-Kazooie on Weed are amazing. So I highly recommend 3D platformers. Then we just get to the lighthearted and funny games. And... A great game in that genre to play after you've toked up is WarioWare. You may have played WarioWare and read reviews and been like, I don't get it. I don't find it funny or whatever. Toke up and play WarioWare and I think you'll have a new appreciation for Nintendo's franchise. It is so avant-garde and random that a lot of times it's almost overwhelming if you play it straight. But if you play it on weed, that game is funny. There's just no denying it. It will make you laugh, I guarantee it. And isn't that what we all want when we're smoking weed? We want to have fun, we want to laugh, we want to have a good time with our friends. Another game that's great on weed, Katamari Damacy. Uh, that, <laughs> I mean, this one speaks for itself. It's also a very funny and very odd game where things just happen out of nowhere that catch you off guard and will make you laugh. And as you probably know if you've ever smoked marijuana before, when you laugh, you laugh really hard. Full-on belly laughs, and Katamari Damacy is great for that. And then if you're looking for something maybe a little bit more mellow, maybe you're smoking late at night and you're like, oh, I need to get ready to go to bed or something like that, I would recommend a game like Okami. It has a gorgeous art style. It generally has a very mellow tone. It's also pretty easy you can make progress through the game, uh, no matter what state of mind you're in. And uh, I just think there are certain games where weed will make you appreciate them more. And I think Okami is one of those games. So there you go. Those are my picks for the games that are great on weed and the games that you should stay away from on weed. And I hope that you have a great 420 if that's something that you're going to celebrate. But if you're going to partake... Make sure that you play an extra level or an extra song or two before getting in your car and calling it a night.
Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield. Follow me on Twitter at Dinfire and follow Sifted at Sifted Games. And while you're at it, head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. The show will be back tomorrow, but until then, make sure you seize today, because there will never be another.